Now, Matthew 7, 7 will be our chapter today that we're going to read. Then I'm going to read to you a story. Uh, Acts, uh, Matthew 7, 7 said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And we'll ask the Lord to bless that as we have it heard and read into our hearts today. This is a story about hymns and praise songs. An old farmer went to the city one weekend and attended the big city church. He came home and his wife asked him how it was. Well, said the farmer, it was good. They did something different, however. They sang praise choruses instead of hymns. Praise choruses, asked the wife, what are those? Oh, they're okay. They're sort of like hymns, only different, said the farmer. Well, what's the difference, asked the wife. The farmer said, well, it's like this. If I were to say to you, Martha, the cows are in the corn, well, that would be a hymn. If on the other hand, I were to say to you, Martha, 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 oh, Martha, 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 the cows, the big cows, the brown cows, the black cows, the white cows, the black and white cows, the cows, cows, cows are in the corn, are in the corn, are in the corn, in the corn, 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 corn. Then if I were to repeat the whole thing two or three times, well, that would be a praise chorus. As luck would have it, the exact same Sunday, a young new Christian from the city church attended the small town church. He came home and his wife asked him how it was. Well, said the young man, it was good. They did something different, however. They sang hymns instead of regular songs. Hymns, asked the wife, what are those? They're okay. They're sort of like regular songs, only different, said the young man. Well, what's the difference, asked the wife. The young man said, well, it's like this. If I were to say to you, Martha, the cows are in the corn, well, that would be a regular song. If, on the other hand, I were to say to you, O Martha, dear Martha, hear thou my cry, inclinest thine ear to the words of my mouth. Turn thou thy whole wondrous ear by and by to the righteous, glorious truth. For the way of the animals who can explain there in their heads is no shadow of sense. Hearkenest they in God's sun or his rain, unless from the mild tempting corn they are fenced. Yea, those cows in glad bovine rebellious delight have broke free their shackles, their warm pens eschewed, then goaded by minions of darkness and night, they all by my mild chilliwack sweet corn chewed. So look to that bright shining day by and by, where all foul corruptions of earth are reborn, where no vicious animal makes my soul cry, and I no longer see those foul cows in the corn. Then if I were to do only verses one, three, and four and change keys on the last verse, well, that would be a hymn. <laughs> so, so I thought that those stories were very revealing about uh, our often distinctions between praise songs and hymns. Uh, 
So today our message is the three seekers. The three seekers. I didn't put them in order of importance because the first one I'm gonna talk about is by far the least important and in fact, the most hateful. Seeking, seeking things is something that just makes us and motivates us as human beings. Everybody's seeking things and something. So we're always looking for something. And as we are older, we're definitely looking for something because we forget where everything is. So we're always looking for things. Or if we can't find a thing, we're looking for a thought. Or if we're on the phone and we're talking to someone, halfway through the sentence, we say, well, what was I talking about? I can't remember. So we're always seeking things. And there are three seekers that we're going to talk about today, but the first one's not a good one. And, and if you do not want to follow me in turn, I will just say what the verse is and you can just write it down. So the first seeker is the devil. And it comes from 1 Peter 5, verse 8. And this is what the Bible says about the devil as a seeker. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 1 Peter 5, 8. The devil, what's he seeking? He's seeking you to devour you. He is a destructive agent. He is trying to kill us. He is trying to destroy us. He's trying to take away every ounce of good in us and make it and turn it into corruption and death. He loves hurting us. His goal in life is to destroy. Jesus said that he was a murderer from the beginning, and that's who he is. He is never, however, presenting himself this way. He presents himself as an angel of light. He is so persuasive to people because people think that he's actually good and people are drawn to his message. His message is deceiving because he, he is the king of shortcuts, okay? He can tell you every shortcut to get whatever you want quickly and yet he never seems to deliver the very things that he says he can deliver. But it's amazing how that works out or doesn't work out. The devil is a, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's trying to tear us. And he does this in a lot of different ways, but two of the things he uses have to do with who we are. And if you think about it, I think the devil works in various ways. One lie he tells to you is that you're no good. He just says that you're, you're not important. He'll say to you that you're not able to do anything in this world to make a difference. He will tell you that you don't have the power to change things. And he will tell you that you are insignificant and that you are unworthy to ever step up and make what you uh, a, a, an influence, a positive influence on society. He will always bring up your mistakes and your wrongs to your own face, and he'll even bring them up to the Lord if he can. He's called the accuser of the brethren. So once you are filled with this doubt about yourself 
And once you're filled with all the negatives about yourself, and once you are filled with this sense that you are insignificant and unimportant, he's got your, the, one of his fangs and, and his teeth just right inside of you, and, and you can't get away from it because so many people are already caught by the devil because he has lied to them and told them that they don't mean anything. That is a sad, sad thing, isn't it? That people don't count, but they do. We know that Jesus said that if God clothed the grass of the field, how much more important are you? He, he said that the, 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 the bird doesn't fall without the father noticing it, but do you think that you're not more important than the birds? Of course you are. You're very important to God. He loves you. And he didn't come to die for the angels. He came to die for you and me. And that's a very important truth. The other thing that I, or, or at least his canines or whatever you want to call, whatever the teeth of, the, of a lion would be, is that is the opposite of you being unimportant. It's quite the opposite. It's that you are everything, <laughs> that you are the best, that you can do no wrong, that if, if the world were run by you, it'd be a better place that you are higher and better than other people and that your concerns and your desires are by far more important than those of, of other people. And it is this pride that he uh, inflicts on people that they can never, ever think they can do wrong at all. And that is a very serious problem. In fact, it's worse than the, the other one because in that case, you will just mistreat whoever's in your, your way and you will not care one whit about them. That is a dangerous, dangerous thing. A dangerous thing he can claw into you or, or get into you and grab you with. And if, and if you're victimized that way, he's going to devour you because you are not going to win if your pride is so high that you cannot appreciate that you're a sinner and you need help from God Almighty. And, and, and many millions of people today, and I do say millions, maybe billions, don't know the Lord, but they know themselves and they think that they, the whole world revolves around them. I've often said, and I'll say it again, it's been a while, but I wanna say the same thing. I don't think we do children favors by telling them that everything they do is good. I think it's very good to correct children. And as a young child, a child is not destroyed by receiving proper correction. They are actually helped by it. So they want affirmation and for years in education, they have just polluted the elementary programs with these things like, you can do no wrong. And that's not true. If that were the case, then every time a person plays the piano and just starts banging on the keys, oh, that's so good, little Johnny, when it might not be good. <laughs> there is a right way and there is a wrong way. And we need to always help children by not beating them down. That's not what I mean by correction, but by showing them how what they do is right and what, they, what they're doing is, that is wrong. And that is healthy and that is good. But the devil knows how to just uh, give false pride into people. And this false pride will, they, they don't even realize what they don't realize. 
They don't understand what they don't understand. They don't understand that they really don't understand. And that's why we need to be careful not to get hooked by the devil with either false humility that we're worthless or on the other extreme that we are are perfect and we can be God and make all decisions about life ourselves. The devil is so successful in grabbing people with these two teeth that very rarely do people shake themselves from the grips of this roaring lion. So I, uh, I do pray that God helps us all to avoid the false humility and the pride because both of those things are wicked. And, they, and once you're in the jaws of, of that lion, it's hard to get it free. But I don't want to spend all day talking about the first seeker, the devil, because he's not the most important. The next seeker I want to talk about is the good Lord himself. Now, there's a lot of good verses about, I only gave you one uh, or two verses about the devil. We don't want to spend all our time talking about him. So in 2 Chronicles 16.9, I'm going to read uh, this about the Lord. Because you know what? He's the second seeker. The devil's seeking to destroy you and devour you. God's not seeking to destroy you or devour you. So in 2 Chronicles 16.9, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Think about that. He wants to find people whose heart is loyal to him, who love him. He's looking today for people who love him. He's really looking for people like that. But he's not just looking for his own selfish reasons. He's looking to help them and show himself strong in their lives. That's pretty powerful stuff. And I'm going to uh, read another scripture that we are going to look at, and that's Psalm 139. And in Psalm 139, verse 1 and 2 is a very good uh, verse there. So Psalm 139. One and two. O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You know, God knows this completely. He knows everything we do, everything we think. He, he knew what we were going to think before we thought it. He knows where we are, what we are, when we're sitting down and when we're getting up. He knows us completely. Think about that for a moment. You're not hiding anything from the Lord. He knows you 100%. And with that kind of search intelligence, that should scare us because he knows the good and he knows the bad. And we need to always remember that. But there's good news about the Lord because uh, if we look here in Luke 19.10, it says this about the Lord, and uh, that is in Luke 19.10. So I'll turn into the New Testament. Very good scripture for us to find together. And in Luke 19.10, 
He says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So while he sees us completely, he is actually looking for us to save us, to save each one of us. He seeks us and he wants to save us. He is not seeking to devour us like the devil. He's trying to save us. And if we let him run our lives, we will be saved. He literally wants to help each one of us. And it's so important to know that that's who God is, that he is our best interests at heart. Instead of telling you these falsehoods about how great you are or how terrible you are, he'll tell you the truth. You are made in the image of God. You carry with you the image of the original creation. So that is the goodness that you have. But you have evil because there is a sin, terminally problematic sin problem in your lives. And, and those, that sin problem cannot, you cannot be cured from it through your own actions. You need divine help. You have to be born again. And you have to have a new nature that completely rearranges things and not just rearranges, but actually creates a new entity. And that's who you are as a Christian. You have a true new nature. You still have the old nature, but that's temporary. You'll have the new nature and that's eternal forever. And he loves you. And so in as much as you are in the new nature, you are 100% good. But in as much as you're in the old nature, you're 100% bad. And you need his help. And God wants to help you. So he's looking out for us. He cares for us. He knows us thoroughly. And he wants to show himself strong in our lives if our hearts are perfect toward him. Now there is a third seeker we're going to talk about. The first two are easy to define because we kind of know what the plan is. We know that the devil's trying to destroy us and devour us. We know the Lord, according to the Bible, is trying to save us and help us and cause us to live. The third seeker is the most problematic, though, because it's the most personal, because this is the seeker called you. <laughs> you, what are you seeking? And how in the world will we characterize what it is that you seek or I seek? What is it that we seek? Because that is the most important question today. Because if we are seeking what God wants us to seek, things are going to go well for us. But if we're seeking things that are worthless and are going to bring us down, that is not helping us and not going to help other people. And it certainly is not what we need to do. The verdict is always out on people because we need to learn that that third seeker ourselves is a very important, it's a very important fact. So what does the Bible say about what we should seek? Well, there's some good verses in the Bible that tell us about what we should seek. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It, it, this is what the Bible says. But without faith, it is impossible, not, not, not hard, but impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must, notice how he says must, not that it's optional, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
diligently seek him. Very important for us to seek him diligently, to seek him, to want to know him, the creator. Now, we all are imperfect. We, we don't see God in his glory. We only see the little hint, hints of his being. We see little hints in the beautiful flowers, and even in our representation of flowers, whether they're fake or real, that representation is real because that representation represents a, 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 a real flower. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a copy of a beautiful thing. So God wants us to understand that we need to seek him. If the God who made all these beautiful things has that in his heart, he cannot be evil. He is beautiful. We ought to seek him, not just the beauty. Let's seek the Lord who made the beauty. We should seek him because he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It is in our interest to seek the Lord. We need to seek the Lord to benefit from it. It's good to be, in this sense, selfish because we gain from it and we can help others too. Love our neighbor as ourselves, the Bible says. So Hebrews eleven six, a good indication of how important it is for us to seek the Lord diligently. Jeremiah 29, 13 is a verse that I, I wanted to look up, so I did, and I think I marked it. So in Jeremiah 29, verse 13, we read uh, this, and this is the Lord speaking. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. <laughs> I like what the, the Lord says here. He says, uh, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Get away from the distractions. You know, you, this is why a lot of times in many people's lives, some of the greatest Christians are people who crashed and burned, <laughs> who really didn't have anything left, and then they had nowhere to go but up. But they did go up because they sought the Lord with all their heart. Uh, it's a shame that we have to get to that point. Why should we? We should just seek him now with all of our hearts regardless. So we will be found. It's a promise if we search with all of our hearts. We don't, we don't have any place over here saying, well, I'm only going to halfway search the Lord. I'm not going to fully search for you, Lord. I, I kind of love you a little. I don't love you all the way. That's sad. We need to search him and love him with all of our hearts. 2 Chronicles 15.2 is a, 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 a scripture that I was looking up, so I'm going to find it for you as well. Because in 2 Chronicles 15.2, this is uh, uh, what the Lord said to uh, one of the kings here. He went out to meet Asa, who was a king, and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Very stern words to that old king in the Bible. But the Lord wants us to seek him with all of our hearts. And in Psalm 34.4, we have this is a personal testimony that David uh, actually uh, said, and I even preached from this uh, not long ago. I sought the Lord in Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me 
and delivered me from all my fears. There's a great benefit from seeking the Lord to be delivered from all your fears. Which brings us back to the original verse that I read, Matthew 7, 7. A very important verse in the Sermon on the Mount. Our Lord told us this and gave it as a hopeful promise. Not as a warning, but as a promise. He says, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. But he also adds a commentary about that. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. What a great verse, that if you seek after the Lord, or whatever is good, you will find it. It's not an if, but when. And God wants us to be that type of seeker. How many people today waste their lives by seeking after things that don't satisfy? buying things that will never make them richer or in any way enhance themselves. But God wants us rather to, to spend and invest our time in that which will satisfy forever, that the thieves can't destroy and the, the rust is not going to deteriorate. You're literally going to be able to have something eternal in the heavens because you're seeking for eternal treasure. Wow. That's great. If you seek that, you will find it. You'll find it. And that's what the Lord wants us to be. So how do we do the, these things and what should we be seeking for? Well, we need to know the devil's looking for us and he's found us many times. He will try to grab us and two of his teeth are very vicious. False humility and false pride, both bad. But we need to avoid him and we need to seek the Lord. And God seeks us already. He's looking for us. He's actually trying to help you. He is literally trying to find anybody who's willing to get on their knees and ask God Almighty, take control, Lord. He sees that. He doesn't see what, whether our clothes are more expensive or better than other people or our hairdo is better or whether we drive a, a fancier vehicle or have better lands or, or whether we are more popular with the, the people in this world. He's looking for our heart and he's looking for us. And if our heart is right, he'll find us. He will not miss you. You can be like Joseph who was a prisoner and yet God saw him and, and God always had his hand and he was with Joseph as a slave and as a prisoner, you might think, well, how in the world did that happen? Because God was with him. God prospered him in every circumstance and he could prosper you in any circumstance, no matter what. If we just seek him, he will be found. Don't accept that he will not be found. You've got to believe that if you seek the Lord, you're gonna find him. There's no doubt. There is no doubt. And if you find God, let's just say this. There's been many treasure hunters that have looked at the bottom of the sea for treasures, have they, have they not? People have spent years looking for treasures. And when they find it, it's a big deal. But oftentimes, the search for treasures at the bottom of the ocean is a very deadly thing. People die searching for treasures, so it's a dangerous thing. And when they find the treasure, they're very happy. But I want to tell you that God is a greater treasure than anything that anybody's ever searched for 
at the bottom of the sea. And if we just have the right heart, you don't have to wait till next week to find him. He's, he's available now. He's not far from any one of us, as Paul said. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, may this message be blessed, and may those who hear it seek you. And may we learn that the devil's seeking our destruction, but you seek our benefit. And let us never get caught up worrying about the lies that the devil tells about us, either good or bad, because we need to know the truth and we need to seek it with all of our hearts. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on a cross for us. You were buried and you were raised from the dead, just like the scripture said. And because of that truth, we have hope because you came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so thank you for this and help us today to follow you in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand to our feet today and we're gonna sing a, a hymn of invitation.